0: Hey Mark. Hey Matt. How's it going? It's going well. You? It's going pretty well. It's going okay. I'll, I'll downgrade. The, I'll downgrade that to okay. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> uh oh. It's been it's been a rough couple of weeks. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. So um, just yeah, I'm I'm just on the struggle bus right now with uh with the research that I've been doing. So still looking into e-commerce and things are starting to stall out a little bit, or at least I'll say that my learning is stalling out. A couple of things that I'm running into are uh, the quality of the watering holes that I'm in. Uh, I'm finding it difficult. So because a lot of these communities are just like subreddits or other, other things, um, it's hard to understand the quality of the people who are in there. And when I say quality, what I mean is like there are constantly people who like they're like how do I start a drop shipping store tomorrow and not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with drop shipping but like so Amy Hoy calls these people help vampires of like they <laughs> oh yeah they they have no desire to like learn or do any research or like they don't want to do anything they want you to solve their problem so they're like how do I start a business online and then they just wait for the community to help them they're so low effort but um, these watering holes have both people. Like not to say that, you know, like r slash r slash Shopify has no like senior people in it because there are, but they don't do things like user flair necessarily uh, around like vetted people. So it's hard to know, like am I dealing with someone who has experience? Am I dealing with a wannabe? Like, you know, it's, not, it's hard to tell sometimes. And as a result, you tend to get a lot of noise around people. There's a lot of posts that are like, help, my shop has been live for six hours and I haven't made a sale yet. Can you review my site and tell me what's wrong? Like, these are real. Um, and like, <laughs> yeah, I, I could go on, right? It, it's it's just one of those things. And I'm realizing that in the beginning, you know, I've kind of, I've gone through months and months of threads to see what are people talking about and what are their concerns and, and problems and what are they talking about? And that's been really helpful. Uh, it's just, You know, I'm waiting for more people to get involved in the community. I'm trying to, trying to talk to people and I'm just not having a lot of luck with it. So I'm trying to find new watering holes, but it's a lot of the same kind of cruft, especially Facebook. Like I want to call it Facebook for being like the worst place in the world for communities. Holy crap. Um, I know. Oh, it's just awful. Like, oh man. Yeah, the number of times where someone will be like, help, I have this like very specific problem. And then you get like, 10 comments that are like, that just say hello. Like what? <laughs> and, and I think if I had to say to like, I think e-commerce tends to bring in grifters like this, or I don't even want to call them grifters. Cause it's not like they're spamming or anything. They're just like, I don't know. It's hard to tell how serious anybody really is. So yeah, I've been struggling a little bit with that. Um, so not to say that, you know, I had, I haven't had any wins at all. Um, through some of my research, I've noticed that there's a certainly a lot of non-technical people that are trying to start stores because that's really Shopify's promise. Like, you know, we're democratizing e-commerce. And that's true until you start a store and need to do anything uh, because there's so, like, you need a developer. Like, for most of this stuff, we're like, for little things, you, you need a developer, which I understand, you know, Shopify's not magic. Um, but all the same, you have a lot of people who are sitting there that feel unempowered. So I've tried to help a few people, uh, you know, with their problems and that sort of thing. But I found one particular issue that people are talking about, which is very interesting. Um, So even though, you know, people using Shopify are not, a lot of them are not technical. uh, They're still very aware of and concerned with page speed. And there is, you know, a general feeling that when you install apps into your store, you affect your page speed. So, People are saying, well, oh, I'm installing this, I'm installing this app into my store and I, but I'm worried that I can't really remove it. It's like we're, it's like we're installing things on Windows XP. It's like I, I installed it, but like I removed it, but is it really gone? Like I'm not really sure. And because these people aren't technical, they don't, they don't, if that were to happen, that's a risk that they can't fix. So they're like, I think this will help with my conversions or I want to run an experiment that uses this app. How can I how can I back this up or, you know, how can I revert? So um, so I, I found that kind of be I found that to be kind of interesting because if it were me, Shopify does have a you can back up your theme. So great. Like I'll back my theme up. I will install the app. I'll run my tests. And if if I don't like what I see, then I will restore the backup that I that I took. And Shopify provides a backup. It's not like the prettiest, best backup. You get an email with a zip file with all of your theme files in it. It's not a big thing, but, you know, it gets the job done. And some backup apps are already existing. Um, but it's interesting that there tends to, at least from what I've seen, there's this awareness, but then there's a disconnect between wanting to experiment and realizing that a backup might help you to accomplish that. Um so there's a couple of backup apps that exist in the Shopify ecosystem. Uh, one of them is very popular. And I did some, you know, uh, some investigation into Google AdWords and a few other things. And, you know, they're an incumbent for sure. They're dominating most of the search traffic um, uh, on Google, at least. So um, that's been kind of interesting. So I, I was like, well, you know, is this a complicated app to build? <laughs> so I stepped in and was like, ah, how hard is it to build a Shopify app? And I actually built a proof of concept for a theme Back or upper in like a few hours, so I was like, "Oh, oh sweet! That worked. That was very easy." Uh, yeah, you just like I yeah I was able to pull all the files out of a theme, and I I pulled all their contents, and it's like great. From there, it's just integrating with like S three or another cloud provider, and just backing things up. So I said, "Okay, well that's good." Uh, so this seems totally doable. So I'm just not sure about the the market for this in general. I was looking around for like Shopify backup in Google and that kind of thing to try to understand where, how could I get access to some of this traffic? Um, You know, is there a way that I can start engaging with people? So I kind of hit a wall there because now I'm starting to say like, okay, well, I can't really move forward with any idea that I have if I can't talk to Shopify owners. And now is the topic (laughs) that I wanted to talk to you about specifically, which is like the idea of barrier to entry. So I don't know that many people in Shopify in the in the Shopify ecosystem. Most of the people I know are developers. Um, I, I guess like Emma Emma Fletcher, who we had on the podcast a, a while ago now, uh, runs a sh- Shopify store. But it you know it's not like where my network is. So if I can't get people to talk to me, then obviously either. I need to find something else inside of the Shopify ecosystem that people do find worth talking to or talking to me about. Or I just need to leave that ecosystem in general because it's too hard to penetrate if you're not already a member. Um, but I can feel myself stalling. I'm stalling, uh, striking out to talk to people because I'm starting to question, like, you know, maybe I'm just entering a market I shouldn't be entering in. Like, you know, I'm not using my unfair advantage of the fact that I can code in general. And maybe that's what matters. Not necessarily an ecosystem. I've been interested in Shopify because of the distribution. Like, I, I'm I'm very conscious of of how the hell I'm going to distribute anything that I build. Um, so maybe it's a you know a sacrifice. Like, look, if you want to play in their world and use their distribution mechanism, you have to understand. How, well, I mean, you have to understand how your customers work in general. But you have to, uh, you know, this is the this is the toll that you have to pay to play in their world. And part of me is wondering, I'm waffling of like, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? I'm not really sure. So I wanted to get your take on it of barrier to entry. I mean, you know, it's a, it's e-commerce. It's not that complicated of like, what, what are users hoping to do? You know, they're, they're buying this to try to sell things online to make money. But you know, the, the problems do get pretty niche and pretty specific. So I don't know. I mean, barrier to entry seems a little bit higher, but it is an ecosystem. So maybe it's not such a bad, big problem. But I I don't know. I guess I'm feeling a lot of uncertainty around like, if I have to think of this in terms of a bet, how big of a bet is it to get involved in an ecosystem like this versus just, I don't know, starting something else, building bingo cards. (laughs) Well, I
1: mean, if we back up a bit, Mm I think you just described what your unfair advantage is, right? How in a few hours you were able to create a proof of concept to like back up themes. Mm Mm-hmm right like that's that's the kind of thing that n- almost none of these Shopify s- store owners can do themselves, right yep. it just shows like how how that is your unfair advantage right mm-hmm. like y- you are Superman on earth in, in in on that planet, right but yeah, me personally i've I would want to prove that I can talk to people like, yeah. that I can identify a problem and then they are willing to jump on a call with me too because it's a hair on fire problem yeah like yeah i need someone to help me fix this mm-hmm. so i yeah. would i would try to yeah like really try to to get people to talk to you like i'm okay. not saying you didn't really try but i mean that yeah. that would be my my like all right in the next 2 weeks i need to talk to 10 people yeah or i, I will you know i will try to Talk to ten people, and at least like three of them have to say yes and do it, mm-hmm. right? So then I I'd okay, that's thirty percent. Right, that that's not bad. Like that that can scale, right? But and if I can't reach that, well then yeah, that means I think that avenue doesn't work. So then I'd have to do like everyone else does in that ecosystem, which is maybe just build a small app and then put it in the store and then start. I I but actually I have to research it. What is the the playbook mm-hmm. for for Shopify apps? Is it simply you just build it and you put it in the in the app store and and then do some pay per click or?
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean Shopify does its own, uh, it has its own PPC ecosystem. Uh, so inside of the Shopify store, if you search backup, for example, you get there are people who are paying for results. Okay, um, but it is interesting. Yeah, what what are people doing? Right,
1: but that's it. That I mean that playbook scares me. It's like I am gonna build something, I mean, unless it was something simple that I can build in a few days, mm-hmm. and then at least go through the whole the whole process, like, how do you submit the app, like, how long is the review process, and mm-hmm. what are all the, the assets you have to produce for the listing?
0: Yeah, actually, you know, I'm not sure about that. I need to check. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure like what's,
1: was, yeah, what goes into that. I mean, that's it. Like, if I if, if you can do it with a little effort, it might be worth trying on one of these problems you identified, mm-hmm. but I would much rather be able to talk to people Mm -hmm. because then after that, it's like, well, there I built an app, go, go try it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 This is very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Okay. So, all right. It sounds then like, yeah, because part of the problem or part of the reason I've been feeling kind of like I've been spinning out is that I, I haven't been able to set a clear goal that I can work backwards from. So it sounds then like, I agree with you. I think the next goal is to be able to talk to 10 people about this problem or any problem. I think like it'd be great if this was a hair on fire problem, but there's a chance that it's not. So that's okay, as long as I can get on the phone with people to figure out what the hair on fire problem is. Um, So yeah, being able to get on the phone with people sounds like it needs to be the next highest priority. Okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's, (laughs) I think so. I mean, I don't know. Like I-
0: No, I agree with you. I like it to
1: be easy. So if I if I can't talk to people, then that means I, I need to do like like everyone else, do the whatever the Shopify app play, playbook is. Mm-hmm. Which I feel must be pretty crowded. Uh, the review process the last time I checked, which was like a decade ago, like mm-hmm. it was already crowded and it was it could take a while for something to get approved.
0: Mm. It you know, it's funny, I never even really I never even thought about that, that there's a review process.
1: I mean, that I looked into it uh, probably more than 10 years ago. You know, I had met someone at a meetup that was making a killing in Shopify apps. Mm. Um, and then I looked into it and already it was crowded. And yeah, people were talking about it would take weeks for an app to get reproved. And, wow. And lots of stories of their apps being rejected. And like, ah, oh, you know, that, I don't like that kind of environment.
0: Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want a gatekeeper. Sure. I want to be free. Yeah. Interesting. Cause the last time I've never been through an app review process, like, well, I I guess I did it for like a, for the iOS store when I app store, when I built a react native app, but like I never, yeah. Like all of the, all of the marketplaces that I, um, that I've ever integrated with, were all just like, Oh, just request API, like (laughs) developer keys and you're good. There's no approval. It's just whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I like, but yeah, like, you know, there's a, a approval process uh, they take a cut i'm assuming did they take a cut of your yeah your revenue
0: yeah i mean they handle distribution to some degree so it's
1: yeah but if it's very crowded True. that's why they have they have ads inside of it like it's yeah. so crowded that they can even charge people to, <laughs> to pay to to go up in the results right it's like yeah is that what i, I saw that amazon's Ad revenue is higher than all newspapers combined. Like, oh my god! Like Like,
0: of PPC just inside of just inside of. Oh my god! (laughs) It's like
1: it's that's yeah, that's an unfair advantage for them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's actually funny because during the last um, like Shopify developer call or whatever, I they call it's called additions. I think it's just like Shopify platform updates. They debuted like a shopping assistant like a, like a GPT-powered shop assistant. And okay. I looked at that and was like, oh, that's very interesting. I wonder how it decides what products it should return. Is that a form of an ad? Yeah. Uh, what if there are multiple products in that category and it's picking, what is it picking at random? Is it like, how does it, like even in their demo, it's like, I would like to get into climbing. And it's like, you're looking for shoes. Here are some shoes. And it gives you one pair of shoes. And it's like, now isn't that interesting? didn't even it, it didn't say here are three different shoes or three different anything. It's just like, "Oh no, here's here's a pair of shoes." Eh, interesting. It feels a little anti-competitive a to, to me, but Yeah, I I mean, it, for me this is the this a little bit of a tangent, but like this is the problem with with pretending like there's one solution for things. Like sometimes there is, like I don't know, what color is the sky? But it it removes the creativity and like understandability or uh, it removes the creativity from the problem, and that there is lots of people that are able to explain things differently. But interesting. Okay, that's something to consider, though. I I knew that they took fees, but I didn't realize that there was an app approval process, which makes sense. I mean, otherwise, there is going to be a ton of craft. It's useful that you can assign a. Uh, it's 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 useful that there is PPC, but that also works against you because if there is a bigger player, an incumbent, they can just outspend you, which is fine. Yep. Um. Okay.
1: I mean, that's, those are the things I don't like about, right? Sure. If it gets very crowded and you have to pay to go up in results, Mm -hmm. yes, they provide distribution, but it it might cost you as much as, you know, distributing something else outside of a gated marketplace like that.
0: Yep. Okay. So maybe what I'll do then is while I am hunting down people to interview, I will also run some, uh, run like a financial model or something to be like, okay, so let's say, I don't know, given different price points, um, how much can you charge with a given, you know, with it for given price points and a certain number of volume and conversions. um, How much are you willing to pay for, to acquire a customer? Because I can already think about like, you know, the nice thing with this whole testing nature of does this, does app X slow your site down? I mean, you, I could take, like, I've been thinking about interesting approaches to like how to build content around that. Um, yeah, there's a few things there that that yeah. could be that could be interesting.
1: I mean, that sounds like that sounds like a real fear. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's there's an opportunity that if there's a real fear and they don't understand detect the they don't understand how it works and yeah. what's this fear about things not being fully uninstalled and yeah. you know maybe maybe there's a there's an app for that like that crawls their site and tells them if something's been fully uninstalled. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I would want to talk to people and yes. yeah, talk to people, identify a real problem that, that that they would be willing to pay to fix and then see if it's worth it, you know, as long as the approval process and how much is the cut and how much would you have to charge. And-
0: mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I think we're on the same page then. So next step is, yeah, understanding the implications of working inside of this ecosystem and what it means for the economics of the business as well as uh, getting people to talk to me. But
1: probably talking is the first and most important thing. I agree. If no one will talk to you, then you don't <laughs> know if your problem is really solving, you know, if your solution is really solving their problem. And
0: Exactly. It is the most important thing. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, because par- part of me, par- I've been tr- trying to do a lot more. Um, I've been trying to do a lot more idea brainstorming. I don't know, just, you know, testing the waters a little bit or not testing the waters, but trying different things, trying to understand like what other ideas do you have things? Yeah. Trying to just come up with other ideas that are relevant at all. Um, And yeah, I've been feeling a little bit, the idea well is a a little bit empty. Like I've just been spending too much time in the e-commerce world or I don't know, just not getting creative enough. But uh, a couple of interesting things that I, that I've been doing, so I've I've had this question for a long time. So I, I used to work for a company where we would do like host a checkout for you. And the way it was done was you could go on a uh, we would we would give you the host a checkout on a subdomain of our of our system. And part of me was always like, That's interesting. Can you crawl DNS records to see what all the registered subdomains are of a given domain? Because that'd be kind of interesting for putting together lead lists. Like, let's say you started a knowledge base product and you were like, I want to try to take customers from Zendesk. Tell me all of the subdomains on Zendesk. And then I will say like, oh, I can see Matt Corp is on Zendesk. Cool. I'm going to put Z- uh, Matt Corp into LinkedIn. I'm going to find people there. And then I'm going to approach them and be like, oh, you're using Zendesk. Or I see you're using Zendesk. What about this? Uh, how about this alternative? So I was playing around and was like, "Is it possible to do this?" So I was reading the RFC for DNS and try to under, trying to understand like how does this work? And then I just did a Google of like, "Oh, like is there like a D, like a <laughs> DNS crawler or a subdomain crawler?" And there totally is. Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of these uh, projects. So apparently. Um, like uh, penetration testers use this a lot. They'll look for open subdomains or they'll look for subdomains and then try to hit them and understand what's happening. And there's like a bunch of these services (laughs) that are just like, some of them are like, buy me a coffee level stuff. It'll be like, oh yeah, like I searched for an old company and it's like, we found 10,000 records and like, Jesus, like that's pretty cool. And like, yeah, you look at a lot of the records and I can punch them into the browser or I can, who is them and I can see where they're showing up and like, wow, that's, Pretty interesting. So, I was thinking about it. It's like, oh yeah, you could you could do reverse lookups for uh, by subdomain, and then find people who are using a given product, and then um, pass that company into like Hunter.io to try to find email addresses, and then do like cold outreach and enrich those emails with Clearbit and like a few other things to just like totally figure out like there's a person. Uh, there's a person, uh, this company is has uh, is on this other company subdomain. These are people affiliated with them. Here's some information about them and do highly targeted outreach. I mean, I don't do lead prospecting like this, but it is pretty interesting to think like if be kind of neat to like, if you were like a Salesforce user, for example, and you're like, oh, I want to enrich this lead or I don't know, and be able to click a button and have that execute and be able to figure out, okay, yeah, I think this this customer looks like it has a reasonable affinity for your product or service that kind of thing. But
1: yeah, I mean, you've heard the the company build with.
0: Yeah, Built with build totally. right? Yeah.
1: That's their business model is selling lists of sites that use a certain technology.
0: Totally. Yeah, that's a great business. Um, yeah, other than that, I've been spending more time on Microacquire and other <laughs> other places like that to see what other people are building. And it is funny okay. to go on Microacquire and scroll through the listings and be like, yeah, I know who that is. Like <laughs> you, <laughs> you read the, you read the thing and you're like, um, yeah, I met that guy. Like I, I know that product,
1: yeah. <laughs> I do it all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've seen, I've, I've seen a few indie hackers on there selling their businesses. Just, yeah. It's, it's just like, sometimes you just can't hide. Like what you're doing is so unique or, or like just unique yeah. enough. You're like, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I know you, I see you. Um, yeah,
1: that's it. I won't name names, but yeah, there was an indie hacker recently that says he's thinking of selling his business this year. And then sure enough, I see it on MicroQuire up here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that For sure, that's them. For sure. Yeah, I, yeah. 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 You, you know, there's different ways of like searching it. Like, you see his pricing. Well, I'll go check the pricing. And oh, for sure. Sure enough. Yeah. It's like, this is them.
0: Yep. Totally. Um, or when they list their competitors and you're like, well, I'm pretty sure X.com is is a competitor that, and it's not listed. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> um, but what I was searching it earlier today and I saw the funniest, like the stuff people build is so funny. It's incredible incredibly niche, but there was one that was like an app for practices of like Wicca, like the witchcraft, uh, oh. reli- is it a religion Wicca? Modern pagan syncretic re- religion. Yeah. So it's like based around magic and like herbs and stuff. Anyway, um, this was like an app for, for practicers of, of Wicca. I, I took a photo of it and cause I, my, I, I have somebody in my extended family who was like kind of into that a little bit. And by kind of, I mean, very, and <laughs> I sent this to my wife and was like, how much do you want to bet? That she is a user of this, <laughs> like it's amazing that these <laughs> that these products assist and that they find each other. Like it's oh man, it's so cool.
1: No, I, I yeah, I I look at the listings all the time because it's it's inspiring. I find like I yeah, to see totally. that here's you know here's a viable business in a very small niche. It's making mm-hmm. whatever fifty thousand a year, a hundred thousand a year. Mm-hmm. This is a tiny niche. I would have never thought that this niche was viable for that much revenue.
0: Totally. Yeah. I've been, I've been going on there looking at, uh, yeah, trying to get inspiration. I mean, it's really cool to see the cross, um, cross, what uh, cross market solutions or just like, cause I'm, I'm like, oh, how can I do this one thing on Shopify versus like, oh, I have, um, there was, uh, I saw one that was like, uh, filling out PDFs via API and it's like yeah a lot of different people can use this for a lot of different reasons which is kind of interesting cuz like i don't know how you market something that broad but it's kind of cool to see like a general purpose solution and and see how people uh yeah build build companies around it
1: yeah yeah exactly no i am still very very bullish on micro saas mm. like there's so many ways to have this you know this saas that solves this one problem very well and yeah. you could build it with just one person mm.
0: yeah so I would love to find one of those <laughs> micro-SaaS opportunities. <laughs> I'm struggling right now, but all right, this, this is good. I it, th- thank you for the for the tip. I think you're right. Talking to people is the best thing, and that's going to be what I'm going to spend the next I need to wrap it in a time constraint, um but yeah, at most 2 weeks and we'll see where I see where I get.
1: Yeah, cuz they might right? Cuz otherwise it's holding you back like if yeah. you you know if you stick oh, no no, I, I want I want to explore this this Shopify ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could explore it forever.
0: Exactly. This is exactly the problem. Like, you know, thinking to like the 30 by 500 idea that they have of creating e-bombs and servicing a community, the stacking your wins there is creating pieces of content over time, but because I'm not an authority in this space or you don't, you don't have to be an authority, but you have to understand at least to some degree what your audience is talking about. And like, I kind of get it, but not really. Like, I don't sell products online, so when they talk about like how do I configure Clavio to do this or how do I do this, and it's like pff, I don't know. <laughs> I can Google what those things are, and I can try to like understand how they're useful, but I that's that's about as far as I can go.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of insight that you want to get. You talk to them
0: exactly. Yeah, like what you know? What's the job that needs to be
1: done here? Like, why?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why are you installing this app?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, other than that, quick side hustle update. Uh, So, last week or the week before, I was doing, uh, I did my first like Java mentoring session. Uh, That went super well. The client was really happy, and we're booking more. So, that's great. Make some money through that. And my wine tasting event. uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) sadly, I, I couldn't get enough people to sign up. I, I bugged people in person at the co-working space, but I kind of got a lot of like, oh yeah, that sounds fun. I'm totally in. And I'm just like, yeah, I, this isn't, I'll, I'm never going to see you again, but that's okay. okay. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up, sadly I had to cancel it. I only ended up getting one sign up and I needed four to break even. Um, okay. So yeah, ended up canceling it. But the nice thing is that it cost me exactly $0 to do any of that. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. All I had to do was like put some stuff in Slack or talk to the workspace or the, the working space manager about getting the event space. And yeah, whatever, a couple of hours I spent thinking about wine, which is time well spent in my, in my opinion. <laughs>
1: exactly. You were going to do that anyways. Exactly. But <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect example of a small bet. Like, yeah, like it was, it was very little to do. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it was, it was a great idea. Like it, and it was easy to execute. Yeah, and totally. You got feedback right away, and you had a, a kill switch. Like if I don't get this many, I kill it. Exactly.
0: Yep. Yeah. So that was fun. I mean, it, it would have been nice if it worked out. It, I was really looking forward to serving wine to people, but that's okay. It' not a problem.
1: But since you already bought the wine, you drank it all yourself.
0: <laughs> no, we didn't have to buy the wine. I just <laughs> spent did some time online. I t- spent some time browsing. We almost bought the wine, and I was like, mm, "This would be. This would be good." <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, so how was your week? Hopefully better than mine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. Um the the service that I used to uh for my servers, I've been using Linode for mm-hmm. for like over a decade. Yeah. And uh, I I loved them. They were a small independent business. They always had amazing prices. They got acquired, right? And, yeah, exactly. That's the that's the end of the story. <laughs> oh. This yeah uh, yeah they got <laughs> they got acquired by Akamai, which is some big enterprisey like cloud buzzword here buzzword there. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I think the whole Linode community was waiting for like the next <laughs> shoot <or> drop. Right? <laughs> it's like okay, we've been getting these emails. Oh, we're changing our branding. We're going to be on your invoice. Now, it's going to say Akamai instead of Linode. Right. It's like, all right, okay, and but yeah, no, no They just announced April first. This is not an April Fool's joke. We're increasing all prices by twenty percent. Which it's not, you know, it's not enough of a price hike to like say I'm out of here, like I'm leaving, I'm migrating all my servers because right. that's that's not easy. But uh, but it is enough to th- say my next my next business might not be on Linode. <laughs> right, and because. If it if Linode was still independent and they had raised their prices 20%, I wouldn't have batted an eye, eye, whatever (laughs) you guys, you guys have not raised your prices in years. Yeah. uh, And you've just been upgrading the server and keeping the prices the same. So like, you know, like when I first started for 20 bucks, maybe you had one gig of memory and then eventually for 20 bucks, you had two gigs and, Mm -hmm. and now for 20 bucks, you had four gigs, like you know like they just as cost of hardware went down they just increased the hardware but kept the prices the same so yeah. if they had increased it 20% now it's whatever you guys deserve it yeah no problem but but i don't know what's next right <laughs> is, is, like, am i also going to start cutting the support staff right cuz the support was has been great mm. that was that was that was one of the main reasons why i chose linode over digital cloud uh, digital, digital
0: ocean okay i
1: had a really horrible experience with digital ocean oh where and the support was was like yeah it was just horrible so I was okay. like it was a no-brainer from now on i'm just linode because the support was amazing okay but uh yeah if they're you know who knows what's next right are they gonna cut cut staff so now support's gonna suck yeah it's uh like i said if they were still independent mm. I w- this would not have made it onto the podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't even have mentioned it. I was like, whatever. Sure. There you go, 20% more. Yeah. But uh but now it's like, yeah, my next I will start shopping again for my next project. Okay. Like it, it will not be a default. Just spin up a new Linode and
0: Right. Damn. Wait, you just lost a customer Akamai. Way <laughs> Way to, to fuck to it go. up. <laughs> Yeah, I just did a quick price comparison, and it looks like DigitalOcean is still more expensive than Linode. So, I mean,
1: yeah, that's what I've I've seen. That's what people were saying on Hacker News is that DigitalOcean have been increasing their prices. Okay. So now, by Linode going up, it will it will just match them, I think. Okay. But like I said, it it's more my fear of what's coming next. Like, sure. You know, it's the typical playbook. You know. You buy and then you cut costs so mm-hmm. to increase profitability, but I don't know where they're going to cut. If they cut in support.
0: Like, yeah. Well, you could always try to DM the founder and see if he has an earnout at Akamai. And yeah. if he does, then you can justify <laughs> starting your next project there. Like, well, I'm, I'm helping him, really. And then... Right. No.
1: <laughs> and Because that, that's it. For hosting, I, I'm not looking for the cheapest solution. Like nope. that is Because I like my servers to to be running, and to have great support when there are problems. Mm-hmm. But that's my fear, is that that might be true. Anyway. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, for the business. That's That was my biggest news this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see on Twitter that someone stole my idea. What? <laughs> I, I won't Get promise. him. <laughs> I was hacking um, this, like, a Chrome extension for Twitter where I wanted to to intercept like all the API calls that are done in the browser, yeah. And then use that to build a Twitter list of the people who engage with my
0: tweets. Yeah. Okay. You tweeted about this. Um, I don't know, a month ago or something. But yeah, you yeah, said something it, about this. Yeah.
1: But I think we, I think we talked about it on the podcast too.
0: Oh, maybe we did. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Or we did it offline, anyways. Yeah.
1: But uh, but yeah, sure enough, like Adam Little.
0: You know who you are.
1: <laughs> he, he comes out and like releases this this um, I guess it's a marketing engineering as marketing kind of okay. play. He built this site called Top Followers, and uh, that's basically what it does. Like it uh, creates a Twitter list of your top followers so that you should engage with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, sure enough, when he did it, right? I I, I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, like I um, this was not a business idea anyways, right? It was mm. just hacking something. Um but when he built it, immediately I saw, because he does everything in public that he was also having the same problems I was having with the API was was blocking too many too many additions to a list.
0: Ah. Uh
1: but eventually I think I think at the same time Twitter improved their API. Okay. So like his timing was better. Then all of a sudden the problem fixed itself and Okay. And now it works. Sweet, but uh, but it's interesting. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. Like I don't think I do. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting what he does because it's very different than what you see all other indie hackers do. So what what he does is he builds apps for the app stores and he sells them. So like that's how he makes most of his money is is actually selling them. Okay, it's not so much building MRR or or like selling ads on them. It, it's really it's he builds an app. You really work on the on the App Store search optimization, get it up in the top twenty, and then often it's sellers that contact him directly. I uh, saw buyers that contact him and say, "Hey, I want to buy this app." Ah, interesting. Okay, Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, so this this site that he built, I think it's it's to promote this Twitter app that he built. So mm-hmm. it's like sort of like this free service you could go use it. It'll create a list for you, but in reality, it's it must be a lead magnet to get people to to the app. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay, so yeah, maybe he maybe he came up with the idea himself, but it's just the timing is really weird. It's like it's like two weeks after I was tweeting about it. Like boom, he comes up with this site, and we follow D- each other. So I was, I was like, gonna yes, say he would <laughs> that's sus. That is
0: sus. <laughs> sus. Oh my god! Call the police. So yeah.
1: So the moral of the story is: don't build in public, people. People are gonna steal your ideas.
0: So uh, all that to say, build in public is bullshit. Uh exactly. never do it. Don't talk about what you're doing. Never
1: do it. Yeah. And whatever you do, don't podcast about it either.
0: No, never. That's even worse.
1: <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's uh good for him for executing it and making it work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he manages to uh I wonder if people are trying it. I wonder if it's getting any traction.
1: Yeah, I think I see him, I saw him recently post how now he's noticing the people that that sign up for it are people that are not in his circles. So Oh. It's being spread word of mouth. Very cool. Yeah. Good for no, him. It's, it. Yeah. I think we should we should probably try to get him on the podcast one day cuz what <laughs> what he does is so different than everyone else in the indie hacker space.
0: Just of like how public he is.
1: Well, not just the fact that he's building apps for App stores. Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Like, like to me, I I never wanted to to build apps for the app stores. Like I said, I don't like gated marketplaces mm-hmm. and having to share thirty percent of my revenue. It's like, and you know, a, a review process and all that. It's like, no, I don't want to play that game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Building things, uh, building things, just to sell them. Or I mean, that's just interesting.
1: Yeah. No, exactly. That also goes back to Micro Acquire, right? When you get those emails. Often you see something, you, you know that they just built this to sell, Yeah, right? It's like yeah. it's like it's starting to have a little bit of traction, but who knows if it has any, any potential in growing big, mm-hmm. but they're just, no, no, I'm just going to build this in a month and sell it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting to go on there and see the number of stuff. I don't see a lot of pre-revenue stuff on there. But it is interesting to see the pre-revenue stuff that's like, oh yeah, I'll sell it to you for like 10K. And it makes me laugh of just like, interesting, you hold your work in very high esteem. <laughs> you started it in February of 2023. Hmm,
1: cool, all right. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's your unfair advantage if the buyer is not a coder.
0: Absolutely, absolutely,
1: yeah. For them, it's like, hey, here's a, here's a you know, the start of a service and it works. Mm. Oh, I will, that, that I will do the marketing. And-
0: <laughs> that's a that's a positive signal for me. That's like I want I want to see that. Like, oh, you started this a month ago when you're trying to sell it, and you've getting no, you're getting like the tiniest bit of traction. Perfect. I'll just build the same thing myself <laughs> and not spend 10K <laughs> on it, or I'll counter you with like a quarter of that. And, yeah,
1: right. Yeah, I mean that's definitely that I've heard that that happens. Like that that's one fear a lot of people have when they list on Micro Acquire, is they're afraid mm-hmm. that people will just copy the idea. And, I can see how that, that can be a strategy when you're you really have no ideas. Mm. Just look on, try to find something on a small niche. Then you can research the niche and see if there really is competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, maybe you can provide an equivalent product, better better interface or cheaper. Or... Yeah. But again, that that's that's not for me either. Like I I rather find the problem, solve the problem than. look at solutions and then just replicate the solution right because you don't you don't you don't fully understand the problem right you're like oh well yeah they're doing
0: it yeah for me it's a it's just a positive signal that there's a market somewhere like i think that's what when i browse micro acquire like that's really what surprises me is that there are markets for some of these things and it's cool to look at those markets and try to get an idea of like well, maybe I can take that and do it for developers or I can take it and do it for, I don't know, home gardening or something of, right. yeah, like how can I how can I deploy my unfair advantage to understand this problem as well? Because when I see a product that's like, oh, it, it's like pre-revenue and they're just like, oh, I built this, but I want to focus on something else. It's like, all right, cool. Like, so is there no market? Did you, like how much marketing did you even try? Because um, at that point it's like, you know, I'm not looking to like steal ideas. That's not the point. Um, but it is interesting to look at something and say like, what can I learn about this or use this as a jumping off point to go learn more about the space or other problems in the right. space
1: or just generate ideas, right? Like you just, yep. it's a nice place to, to spark ideas. And Hey, that's an interesting idea. I wonder if it would work in this vertical instead.
0: Exactly. It gives you a path. To- mm-hmm. Well, Adam little, we're coming for you. Uh, fucking watch your back. Yeah. <laughs>
1: maybe I'll copy one of his apps. Yeah. <laughs> they're right back at you.
0: <laughs> and then just like buy the same domain, but put OG in front of it. Like we're the OG <laughs> top followers.io actually.
1: Exactly. I am the top
0: follower. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, that's all I've got. I don't know. Anything else for you? Nope, that's it. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks again for the suggestions. It was good to, I'm glad we got a chance to talk. I should have called you last week when I was spinning out of control.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, these, releasing a podcast every two weeks is, is pretty long, right?
0: Like, yeah, like, it, yeah, it's funny. I mean, releasing the podcast, it's a lot of work. Like The problem is I can talk to you forever about anything. So <laughs> it's like whether we meet once a week or every two weeks, it's still at least an hour conversation. So it's, I mean, I love talking to you, but it's also nice to like reclaim some of my Tuesday.
1: Right. But yeah, but I mean, waiting two weeks to talk means that, yeah, you got
0: so much stuff that could be holding you
1: back or...
0: Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Well, maybe we should just hop on the call anytime and record it.
0: Yeah, seriously. Blitz episodes. Yeah. Yeah, that might be fun, especially if they're like super targeted. Maybe that's something we can, we can try. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll catch you in a little bit then. Okay. All right, see ya. See ya.